NFR Extra follows all your favorite cowboys, interviews legends of rodeo, and talks to the best of country music. Follow Nevada Caldwell, Ryland Bentley, and Steve Godert every week as they delve deep into the stories behind the road to gold in Vegas at the National Finals Rodeo. It's revealing, comedic, and sometimes emotional. Find it on Spotify or anywhere you listen to podcasts. NFR Extra, all dirt, all rodeo, all year. NFR Extra, episode 71. We are two weeks away from the Wrangler National Finals Rodeo in Arlington, Texas. Triple B, I know you're excited. Mr. Godard, I know you're excited. Even though this is COVID times, how ready are you for this, Miss Brylin Bentley? You know, I am ready to go. Things are getting packed and loaded to head to Texas, which is a little different for us being from Las Vegas. You know, usually packing is not so, so much. You don't realize how much you take for 10 days. And the Junior World Finals is ready. We have contestants entered. It's going to be a great show. Goat, are you ready to get in front of that microphone for Junior World Finals? Yeah, I'm ready to rock and roll, man. I think it's going to be cool. This is definitely... Um, well, I don't want to say for sure a once in a lifetime experience, but in my, you know, 40 years that I've been alive uh, and the last few years going to rodeos and going to Vegas and working uh, the junior world finals, this is definitely going to be different. So it's, it's going to be, uh, I think a pretty neat experience and I'm looking forward to it. Obviously the guests we bring on here, Mr. Cody Johnson, who has over the time of playing in Vegas, South point, uh, hard rock hotel, just, kind of moving up the ranks in the rodeo Western lifestyle world with his music is now Mr. Big Time, right? And now in his backyard, Texas, what a great guest we brought on to this episode. Yeah, no, it's a, it's going to be cool. You know, and a lot of the people that we have, you know, like you mentioned, Envy is it's in their backyard, you know, and I think that they're excited to uh, have this in Texas and uh, you know, they're going to kind of pull all the stops and, and show a lot of that Texas hospitality that I'm, looking so forward to being around no doubt about it man this has definitely been a weird time i can't believe we're saying it's two weeks away we're finally here and you know what's cool about kojo is he talks about a lot of things right he doesn't talk about playing in texas and you know promotional kind of material for himself about what's going on in texas during the nfr man we dive in a lot of cool stuff about mr cody johnson for sure and you know what was was neat is he is truly you know i mean i liked his music before but i became a cody johnson fan after this deal um you know i i mean i I think i kind of said that about some of our other guests too but just down to earth man i mean just a good solid guy and it was interesting to see his take on it too you know i mean how hard this got hit um him when he you know he talks about the initial phases of going through all this and uh you know it's it's kind of like you know when you just warehouse somebody of that caliber and of that talent like, that's a bummer man those are big shows that every show that he missed was an opportunity to expand his audience to you know to get out there and to work on new stuff and new experiences so um this deal has definitely been something that uh is not it, it's it's just hold, holds no bias yeah I, I, and i agree with you it- I've become fans of many folks in this Western lifestyle thanks to this podcast. And I am for sure uh, a fan of Cody Johnson. Just hanging out with that dude, what he means for the business. And really, like, just he's 
as about as a regular guy as you could possibly get. And, you know, I know he fills up giant football stadiums, sells out arenas around the country, but it didn't seem like that sitting on this podcast. No, and it never does. Even when you go to a Cody Johnson concert, I've been to multiples. I went to South Point. I went to Hard Rock. And both of those, it's such a personal experience. If you've ever been to George Strait concert, you understand what I'm talking about. And Cody Johnson has just taken that and put it to the next level. And now being in Billy Bob's, somewhere that holds so much history, I'm pretty excited to watch what he has to offer in this venue. Yeah, I can agree. In fact, uh, let me add to that because when I see on social media his concerts that when they share them and stuff like that, me not being the biggest country music fan, but I love great live performances. I feel like, uh, what is it, FOMO, when I feel like I should have been there listening to Cody Johnson play in that facility, wherever he's at. This is a great episode. Great times. Head towards Anafar. Enjoy. But up next, Brylon Bentley's Rodeo News of the Week. This is Brylon's Bull, the Rodeo News of the Week. PRCA Stat of the Week, 75, the combined number of round wins in the Saddle Bronc riding at the National Finals Rodeo by the Ep Bauer Brothers. Billy set a PRCA record with 51, Robert had 12, and Dan had 11. Winning eight bull riding world titles is a pro rodeo record Don Gay has held for 36 years, yet he's among the many who are cheering for reigning world champion Sage Kinsey to break that record in the coming years. Al Gerard, the executive director of rodeo operations and the cowboy liaison for the San Bernardino, California County Sheriff's PRCA Pro Rodeo, was selected for the PRCA's 2020 John Justin Committee Man of the Year Award. While we get closer and closer to Texas, we want to make sure everyone knows about the no bag policy at Globe Life Field. Yes, no bag policy. Be sure to share this with your friends, family, and anyone you know going to 2020 NFR. Cowboy Christmas. The Wrangler NFR's official gift show is coming to the Fort Worth Convention Center December 3rd through 12th. Don't miss the biggest and best Western gift show in the world. You'll find Western apparel, art, furniture, jewelry, and more. There's also a lineup of live events featuring country music stars and NFR contestants, autograph sessions, giveaways galore, and admission is free. Get more at NFRExperience.com. Cowboy Christmas. We're all in in Texas, and it's all here. Hi, this is Derek Stevens. I'm the owner and chief executive officer of the D Las Vegas, and this is NFR Extra. Former amateur bull rider who began releasing albums while working as a prison guard in Huntsville with more than 1.7 billion career streams globally, Johnson continues to establish himself as an upcoming country star. With ACM and CMA new artist nominations to his name, he sold out 40-plus headline shows in 2019 alone. He has received critical praise from outlets such as The New York Times, Associated Press, Billboard, Rolling Stone, and more, with Music Row claiming this Texan just might be the future of real country music. Cody Johnson, welcome to NFR Extra. Thank you very much. Kind of welcome. (laughs) I'm from over here, I mean. (laughs) 
you're blowing up more more so than every single six months, month, whatever, when it comes to the country western lifestyle. And so it's we're very blessed to have you on this show. Um, want to catch you before you super take off, and then you know, NFR Extra is just kind of a back in the the dust there. So I would definitely appreciate you coming on, man. Tell me what comes to mind when you hear these names: Brandy, Corey, and Clara May. Being an artist, what happens when you hear those names? Man, that's uh, that's the reason why I do it. You know, whenever I was first starting out in music, it was kind of like it was all about me and, you know, my dream and my, my aspirations and what I wanted to be. And, you know, whenever you become a, a husband, I think the first five years of marriage, you're like just trying to figure, especially when you get young, like we, when you get married young, like we did, you know, we're you're just trying to figure stuff out. And, and then you start to, when you, especially when you have kids, you start, start to really, for me, it really put things in full circle of like what I'm on this earth to do. You know, obviously I feel like I get to, play music for a reason I get to reach out and, and talk to people in different ways through my songs and through my lyrics and, and bring light to people whenever they're having a bad day, when we get to go out and actually tour. And, uh, but realistically in the back of my mind, it's all for, you know, I, I no different than a, a coal miner swinging an ax, you know, I'm trying to provide for my family and, uh, they keep me grounded. They really keep me, uh, that, that sense of purpose is way, it's way greater for me than, uh, getting a, a, a Grammy or, a, you know, something there's, in other words, that sense of accomplishment comes from looking at them and knowing that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be in this world to do, to, to provide for them. So, uh, that's pretty much, I mean, that they're, they make the whole, the whole wheel turn. <laughs> would it, would it be safe to say that no matter how high up you get and no matter how big you get, when you come home, everything gets leveled, you know, with your partner and, and your family and like, no, you're your dad or, you know, you're my husband. Yeah. You know, like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, does, is that how that works when you get home? Oh yeah, my kids. Clara's always said, "Why do people want to take pictures with you?" <laughs> she doesn't. Understand. I'm like, because I'm cool. That's why. <laughs> how, how do you How do you balance that, man? Uh, you know, I never really thought about it. I never really was the guy. So, like, whenever I started playing music, you know, because I, I say this because I know people that it matters to them a great deal about how famous they are. And it just really, that never really crossed my mind. I never really, man, I want to get famous and I want to get rich and I want to get just, I just want to play music, man. I, you know, when you see me on stage and you see me put that on, and that's really, I mean, that's just what's contained inside of me all the time that, you know, that's, that's real. It's not fake or put on. So, uh, you know, I don't know when we're, when we've been touring hard in the past and, you know, every day is a different state. And every time you step off the bus, there's people, a lot of people wanting a picture and autograph. It can get a little bit surreal. It's a little, you're like, dang, you know, how did, how did all this, how did we get here? You know, I mean, seems like just yesterday and nobody even wanted to play my stuff on the radio. So it's, a, uh, it's pretty, it's, it's pretty crazy, but I think the balance comes from like, I really don't, uh, I really don't just eat it up. Like some people do, you know what I mean? Like it, it's not the uh, it's not the end of the world if you're not famous in my mind. <laughs> I'm just I'm a pretty normal guy, so it's pretty easy to balance. Nice. What has your experience been like starting the Cody Johnson band with your family and your father? It's been a long, hard road. People ask, "What advice do you have for young kids coming up?" I'm like, "Don't do it the way I did it because <laughs> it's really, truly really hard, and there's no guarantees." But I think there's a sense of uh, there's a sense of ownership uh, and independence when you do it the way that uh, we've done it, you know, cause I've always told people it's like the, the Nashville model is you go to town, you get discovered, you get a record deal 
then you record a record, then you get a band, and then you get a bus, and then you go out on the road. I, if you flip that completely backwards, I got in a truck with a bunch of guys, and we started a band, and then we just went and played. Then we made a record. Then we made more records. Then we made more fans. And you know, it was just kind of like it all. It was a completely bass backwards way to do it. And uh, but I think in doing that, you when you put in all the hard work yourself, there's really there's a like I said, there's a sense of ownership. There's a sense of uh, accountability to do what you say you're going to do and and follow through on your performance too. Absolutely. So with the NFR and the big big changes this year being in your backyard that's got to be like resonate in a whole nother way as opposed to going to Las Vegas, which is always great there. But what kind of a performance can your fans expect for you for at Billy Bob's and, and wherever your appearances are as far as blowing doors off in Texas? Well, this year it really doesn't matter if we're <laughs> Texas or 10 buck too. I mean, you can't take a guy like me and put me at home on the ranch for six months and not to expect to see a pretty enthusiastic performance. Um, the last show that I played was in Louisville and we were playing for quite a few people on the other end of a camera like this. There was only a hundred people in the room. And, uh, after the, after the show, I, I walked off the stage and I, I just kind of started crying. I looked over at my stage manager, Noe, who's been with me for almost 10 years. He's like, it's all right, man. I was like, well, I, I pretended, I pretended there was a lot more than a hundred people in here. And he's like, you know, you couldn't tell it on stage, but it was just, it hurt my heart a little bit because you know, I, I do, I'm very much addicted to what I do. So like whenever you've seen me performing, you've seen videos of me performing in front of these tens and 20 and 30,000 people. Uh, that's me getting the main line, my addiction, my drug. So uh, it is going to be a very enthusiastic performance just for the simple fact that I'm going to pretend we're playing in Gillette stadium. It doesn't matter if it's Billy Bob's. I'm going to, I'm going to come out swinging. <laughs> nice. So you've essentially been on rehab since COVID as far as taking the, the adrenaline drip away from you. I've been doing, I've been doing farm fit. <laughs> nice. Yeah, people talk about getting healthy, doing CrossFit during the summer. I'm like, come sit on a chainsaw with me for a couple of months. See? <laughs> hey coach, I love that you play as if the arena is always packed. Always give them a show. Let's hit the pause button for a quick break. We'll talk about the school of hard knocks and honky tonk when we return. The smoke is thick and the lights are dim and she sure got me wishing for a little bit of time out on that old dance floor. If she gives me half a chance at a romance, I'm gonna dance her home. Here is your chance to stream all 10 nights of the Wrangler National Finals Rodeo live. All the action live for all 10 nights and all for the pre-order price of $99.99 through Thanksgiving Day. It's the NFR Streaming Pass only on the Cowboy Channel Plus app. Looking to rope in some news and features you can't find anywhere else? Then look no further than the series of blogs and vlogs at NFRExperience.com. You'll find customized content from experts in all things rodeo and Las Vegas. There's the NFR Insider and Stock Blog with Susan Canode, Hurley's Hotspot and Heart of the NFR with Brian Herbert, The Road to the NFR with Mr. Dale Brisby, NFR Experience with Patrick Everson, and the Junior World Finals with Jack Nallen. There's something for all rodeo fans. Check it out at the newly redesigned NFRExperience.com. This is the NFR. This is is Vegas.
The next generation of rodeo stars will compete at the Junior World Finals presented by Yeti. From December 3rd through 12th at the Wrangler Rodeo Arena inside the Countdown Coliseum at the famous Fort Worth Stockyards, more than 750 youth contestants will compete for titles in nine events. Bull riding, team roping, tie-down roping, steer wrestling, barrel racing, breakaway, pole bending, mini saddle bronc riding, and mini bareback riding. Competition start at 7.30 a.m. daily and admission is just 10 bucks. Visit NFRExperience.com for details. Hi, I'm Nellie Miller, world champion barrel racer, and you're listening to NFR Extra. We are back with Warner Music Nashville recording artist Cody Johnson. The former bull rider sold out Rodeo Houston in 2019 with over 74,177 in the house. Amazing. You know, Cody, I, so this is a kind of, I, I, I think this is a quote came from you, but I came across this uh, research in you. And it's the, talk about the school of hard knocks and honky tonk. Can you kind of expand on what that is and how your career has come along and and who Cody Johnson is today because of that? Man, I just think it's one of those things that there's an old school factor to being from the honky tonks and having to have, uh, know what it's like to have to almost fight to get a paycheck in some of these dirt hole places where you have to check, you have to dot every I and cross every T because somebody's trying to screw you over on the pay. And, you know, it's not really, I mean, it's just, it's one of those places where if you don't come from that, you don't really appreciate it. And I've been on tour with some very large tours actually with artists and people in the artist crew that never really have experienced that. And it's completely, it's completely mind blowing to me because when you get out on tour with some of these people, you're like, how are you and thinking in my head, you know, how are you at this level and have not experienced these normalities that you're going, Oh, it's because, you know, tw- after 12 years of banging it out in honky tonks and dance halls, you, you see a lot more of the world. You co- you become a little bit more versed in the industry than the, than maybe the next guy or the next girl. So, um, you know, there's an old saying that there is no substitute for time in the saddle. And I think that's what, you know, it comes down to is once you've put in the hard work and you've seen all the dirtier, gr- grungier sides of it, you have a much more, uh, a, a, a tighter grasp on your appreciation for when things do start to get good, when there is catering. I mean, little, little <laughs> things. You know what I mean, I've seen some people on tour be pretty, uh, pretty rude to some of them, to some of the help. And I'm going, yeah, but you've never had to do that. You know, you weren't responsible for having to make sure this was done and that was done. You know, you got somebody doing that for you. So it's really easy to sit on the, the high horse. And, but uh, I think, you know, that's one of the things in my crew, my band, you'll see me a lot of the times if it's raining, um, if it's storming, uh, the first thing I'll do after I get off stage is go change into shorts and a t-shirt and get out there and start loading gear with my guys. Or if it's, if it's snowing, if it's freezing cold, the first thing I'll do is go start helping unload gear. And they're like, you know, you pay our salaries. You don't have to do that. I'm like, no, I don't, I know I don't have to, but this is who I am and where I come from. You know, it's a, it's just, it's part of, it becomes a part of who you are. Doing that. not just my career working in production. When the talent is rolling up the sleeves and working with everybody to make things happen, Man, you got teammates forever by doing that, and that's yeah, that's huge, Cody. You step out in front of your guys and go. Not only am I gonna, not only am I gonna work as hard as you, I'm gonna try to work harder than you to push you. It, it's the to me, it's the Michael Jordan approach. Like, 
I'm going to be as good as I possibly can. And, and it, I'm going to try to be better than you. So you'll be better than you. Yeah, that's awesome. That almost goes into the way of how our Western industry and how the rodeo world works in general. You know, you always have to work a little bit harder. But what makes your music so symbolic to the world of rodeo? Like, how do you, how do you create this music that just relates so well? I don't know. I think it's just honestly, genuinely who I am. Uh, the things that the way that I think, the way I process uh, my day to day, the way that you know what's what's deep in here. It, I think that's something you can't really duplicate. I know there's a lot of artists that over the years have tried to harness the cowboy thing and try to make it a gimmick or a, uh, use the hat to get a certain demographic of fans. And it's like, you know, I don't think about that. You know, when I go to church, I dress the same way that I dress on stage. When I take my wife out on a date it might be dressed up with a sports coat, but it looks exactly the same. I'm, you know, I, I don't, in other words, I'm not going for a look and I'm not going for a sound. It's just genuinely, you know, it's just who I am. And I think there's a, I think whenever you don't have to fake something, there's a certain portion of authenticity that it's not tangible, but people can, they can, they know what they're looking at when they see it. Bleeds through. Yeah. Kind of like the song Dear Rodeo, which you just released now with Reba. Mm. How was that? It was pretty cool. Uh, I wanted to release the song. Uh, I wanted to release the song anyway before we got through with this record. Uh, we had a lot of success with On My Way to You going platinum. And, uh, you know, Nothing on You we released for a very short period. And it kind of didn't do what – it was It was weird enough that was one of my choices for the next single because live – when we played Nothing on You live, it got such a huge response. I mean, shut down entire arenas and everybody sing it, the chorus of it by themselves. And so I thought this is going to be, a, this has got to be a smash on radio. The record label agreed with me and it just didn't really do what we thought it was going to do. And I think everything happens for a greater purpose. I think uh, everything happens for a reason. And uh, I really truly think that that single didn't do anything because Dear Rodeo was a story that needed to be told. Um, it really was. And you, you know it was written from a, from a perspective of this sad, you know, I mean, just even the first line, I'd be lying if I tried to tell you, I don't think about you. I mean, it, it does have a sad undertone to it, but once you really listen to the song, the song is not really about failure. It's about how failure shapes you and it doesn't have to shape you negatively. It can, sh- it can affect you in such positive ways. Um, and I, you know, I think that was something that I didn't realize as, as a human being until I wrote the song. Uh, it was very much a therapy session for me writing all that down. That was stuff that I should have wrote down a long time ago. Um, but, you know, it was one of those things that it resonated immediately with a lot of people that had nothing to do with rodeo, which gave us the idea for a bigger picture. Whoa, you know, okay, so maybe we should apply the Dear Rodeo thought to other people in their lives. And we had the idea for this music video that wound up being a documentary that's going to come out next year that we've got recorded. We've got a two hour documentary about uh, myself and four or five other people's life story that all parallel right along with Dear Rodeo. And uh, it resonated with Reba and, you know, Shane Tarleton, who's our friend from Warner Music Nashville is friends with Reba and he reached out to her and played her the song and she cried when she heard the song and loved it. And, you know, it was just one of those, she instantly fell in love with it. And uh, she and I were talking uh, when we were doing the video and she was like, you know, this is one of those songs that's, it's timeless. It, it, it's, uh, gotta go now, baby. I, if I hurry, I can still make Cheyenne. It's much too young to feel this damn old. She's like, it's just a, 
it has a it has a timeless cowboy thing about it. But she said the one that makes the, the, she said the thing that makes the rodeo different is that you can apply it to anybody. It doesn't have to do with it doesn't necessarily have to be about rodeo um, for it to touch people. And I thought that was really cool because I I didn't I didn't realize that when I wrote it. It was a it was a it was kind of a gift afterwards for me. It's amazing. I I personally love the song, so I was pretty excited to hear it. And Reba, growing up in our world of country music, you are just now in that world and it's amazing i'm telling you she's awesome yeah (laughs) you talked about sold out arenas a little bit earlier in the adrenaline it gives you let's talk about the houston livestock show and rodeo sold out performance performing in front of a massive crowd what has that experience done for your career uh well each year has had different um effects so in 2017 uh we were the call up to replace old dominion when they had to cancel um, and as the call up, uh, I think there's a little bit of, for me, the, the way I approach it is I know I'm the underdog in the room and I know I'm not supposed to be here, but when I walk out of the room, I want you to feel stupid that you didn't have me here in the first place. And, uh, <laughs> that's just kind of like, I, I take it, I call it my McGregor approach. Like I may walk in the underdog, but when I, when I walk out, you know, <laughs> and, uh, but no, so we, that was our attitude in 2017 is show everybody that we're supposed to be here. Show everybody that we are good enough and we are, um, we do hold enough ticket value. And we did, we added about, I think, 15,000 tickets to the ballot that year or to the, the ballot. I've been watching too much TV to the, uh, <laughs> to the ticket sales. And uh, so then in 2018, um, we became the first independent artist to sell out Houston rodeo. And we set an attendance record that night for 74,300 something people. And uh, that was our ticket. That was our ticket that we sold as an independent non-labeled artist. So that had a completely different sense of accomplishment. That was a very, very, that was one of the most, uh, that was one of the nicest accomplishments I've had in my career was putting that stamp in that spot in the history books and saying, okay, we did that. Um, in 2019, it took a little bit different approach because we had just signed a 50 50 record deal with Warner Nashville. Well, now we've got this co-venture and this new record and we were realizing that, you know, all those years of being independent and really sticking to my guns and uh, uh, not compromising where I shouldn't have compromised. It really paid off because this record deal doesn't feel any different than being independent. Uh, right, right now I've got 18 songs recorded and ready to go to mastering for my next record and not a single person from Warner Music Nashville has even asked me about the record except for when's it going to be done so I mean I don't think a lot of people have the opportunity in Nashville to get that kind of creative freedom Um, and I think that Houston Rodeo played a huge part in giving me that we earned it Kojo you are for sure riding a wave of success we'll stop right there for a quick break sometimes I think it'll This is Brylin Bentley from NFR Extra. We talk to cowboys, legends, and country stars and delve deep into the stories in and behind the road to the gold in Vegas. 
It's revealing, comedic, and sometimes emotional. Don't miss an episode. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you're listening right now. NFR Extra, all dirt, all rodeo, all year. That's a look at our schedule during the Wrangler National Finals Rodeo starting December the 3rd at Globe Life Field in Arlington, Texas. Now, if you're planning on joining us on the road to Texas for the Wrangler NFR 2020, these could be changed just a little tiny bit, all right? I'm just going to tell you this is all in the works. But with the way it's going to work right now, outside the barrel, 2 o'clock every afternoon, that's Eastern Time, the National Finals Rodeo Tailgate Party at 3, Western Sports Roundup, 6 Eastern, just like we do every day. And then the NFR pre-show, the NFR opening ceremony, 745 Eastern, the Wrangler National Finals Rodeo. I really want you to think about the post-game show at Texas Live after we get done and the NFR Buckle presentation. That will be at Texas Live, and that's right next to Globe Life Field. If you've never been to the area around Globe Life Field, Texas Live is spectacular. Um, it is loaded with big screen televisions and places to eat, places to have a beverage, places to sit down and relax. It's going to be very important to everything we do during the Wrangler NFR. Hi, I'm Sherry Servey and you are listening to NFR Extra. All the stars I've seen All the songs I've sung Cody Johnson is here on NFR Extra. Johnson has accrued a staggering 970 plus million on-demand streams over the course of his career, and he is just getting started. So we had Chancey Williams on. Oh, man, these COVID times, things, months, weeks seem like forever, so it's hard to kind of quantify this. You know, him being a rodeo guy, you being a rodeo guy, and I mean... Wrote, like you got a shirt on, you ain't no cowboy. Like, th- like there is, this is this is important, and and it's more of a soul of something, right? And music, for whatever it's attached to, whether it's anything that you take across the board, music seems to be attached to some other art, some other something community, and you being attached to the rodeo business, and this success that's happening this way. Do you? Is there a little bit of a kind of a almost like a C on your chest for cowboy that you carry with yourself now that you're exploding in the way you are to, you almost have like this, um, this mission to, to share that message of what the cowboy is. Well, uh, yeah. And I, I, I think that, um, there's a lot of kids watching, you know, that's one of the things that really, it irritates the crap out of me to watch. Um, I've seen, I have seen certain artists that, have acted in ways in front of people that wasn't very dignifying of them or their crew. And I'm going, man, there's a lot of, I wish somebody would tell that person, there's a lot of people watching you, man. There's a lot of people looking up to you. And, you know, I don't think it's arrogant to think that way. I used to, I used to think that's arrogant. You know, I shouldn't think that way, but it's, it's the truth, man. I mean, eight, nine year old little kids, little boys wearing my cowboy hat that come up and just want a Cody Johnson autograph. Uh, that kid's watching, you know, he's watching, uh, what I do and do not say on my social media about politics or the goings on of the world. He's paying attention to, uh, you know, whenever I went to walk through that door, did I let my wife walk through the door first? Did I open it for, did I say, thank you, sir, for this interview? You know, there's just little things that I think that a lot of people forget about. And it's because they don't know what it's like to, to carry that kind of that cowboy legacy and that cowboy way with them. Um, there's a lot of unspoken rules in the cowboy world. And, uh, you know, I've never claimed to be nothing. I'm not, I'm not, 
I'm not ever going to be a Trevor Brazil. I'm not ever going to be a world champion cowboy. I, I wrote pretty decent. Um, I, I ride a lot of cutting horses and do pretty well at that. Um, but I don't have anything to prove to anybody. I'm not, I'm not trying to go look at me. I'm the cowboyest cowboy you've ever cowboy seen. Cause there's <laughs> a lot of people out there that kind of do that. And it's, they don't resonate with real cowboys. <laughs> oh yeah. Kind of riding off of NV's coattails there. We had, uh, <clears throat> we've had a lot of artists on this show and, Going back to what you said too, you've, you've already got a new album set to go, but nobody seems to do anything like on a cookie cutter sort of way. So how do you go about writing your songs and putting that together in the process on that? Oh, you know, it's, it's always been different. So um, if you go back to like Cowboy Like Me, that record, um, I had a publishing deal in Nashville through Tim Dubois for four years and I was writing you know, three and four songs a month, just write, 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 appointment after appointment of writing. And whenever you're doing something like that, um, you can really stumble across some really good songs. Like, you know, if you're, if you're swinging a golf club, eventually you're going to start to hit the ball really well, uh, you know, three out of the five times you swing. So there's a reason for repetition when you're writing songs is because you kind of program your brain, everything you say and do starts to come out like a song at that point. But then there's a point where you can get too saturated in song. Um, all of a sudden, you're just writing and you're just, uh, we have a saying, it's like, well, you wrote the hell out of that. You know what I mean? Like whenever you could tell something was really, it was written, it didn't yeah. come out, you know? And uh, like, well, they wrote that, man. You know, yeah. <laughs> you don't want to just go in there and just write. And um, I think that I had, at, at that point, it was really, it's like an epiphany hit me. Like, if I had written all the best songs that would be on all my records and I'd have 20-something number ones, so where are the rest of these good songs at? And, you know, at the time in Nashville, there was a lot of people that were saying, we can't get songs cut in Nashville because people are telling us they're too country. And so we put the word out, this last record of, send us everything that doesn't get approved by a record label. Send us everything that radio will never play. Send us that stuff because we're going to cut it because – which I just don't, I'm not here to answer to that. I want to make music that I believe in. So um, you get artists like Travis Meadows and Brett James and Tony Lane and Jeffrey Steele. And I could keep going. I mean, some of these artists are incredible. I mean, some of these artists, some of these songwriters are incredible and they've got stacks of stuff this thick at home that nobody can cut. Artists will tell them, man, I wish I could cut that, but no way my label would allow it. And I'm going, well, we have freedom over here. So, send us send us everything yeah and it was it was really cool because at that point now i'm getting to listen to some of these songs there was three songs by a guy named matt rogers uh fairly new writer out of nashville i say fairly new he's a younger guy he's from uh he's from up north somewhere so a lot of his pictures that he painted were very northern uh he said red maple tree in a song I've never seen a red maple tree outside of the times I've been to Canada. So we changed that to a hickory tree. He said smallmouth bass, and I said catfish. Just little yeah. scenery stuff that it made it feel more like me. Well, then I dove further into some of these songs and changed whole paragraphs and whole sentences of that's that's what I would say. But if you and I would have written this, or wrote this song together, I would have written it like this. And they allowed me to change those songs uh, even though I wasn't technically a writer on them, they allowed me to change those songs and adapt them to myself so that it became more, uh, it, it just had a little bit more flow to it. 
So as opposed to pulling teeth, you're kind of going in there and cleaning it up a little bit on that side of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it's, it's, it's really helpful to have songwriters that are open to you, uh, changing their art form, which is really rare. Uh, but it comes down to the fact that they're like, they're so happy to get a cut on a country record. I mean, they're really, they're like, man, whatever you want to do to them. So it's been really fun getting to, I think it's like a left brain, right brain thing, getting to dive into that creative process versus writing it on a blank sheet of paper. Man, it is so cool to hear how songs come together. We've got to take a break. Let's talk Kojo and the pandemic after that. Cowboy Christmas. The Wrangler NFR's official gift show is coming to the Fort Worth Convention Center December 3rd through 12th. Get more at NFRExperience.com. Cowboy Christmas. We're all in in Texas, and it's all here. NFR Extra follows cowboys, talks to legends and country stars, and finds the stories that make up the season that leads to the annual showdown in December. Follow me, Nevada Caldwell, Brylan Bentley, and Steve Goder as we delve deep into the stories in and behind the road to gold. Listen to NFR Extra on Rural Radio, channel 147 on Sirius XM, every Monday at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern, with our re-air Tuesday in the same time slot. NFR Extra, all dirt, all rodeo, all year. The next generation of rodeo stars will compete at the Junior World Finals presented by Yeti. From December 3rd through 12th at the Wrangler Rodeo Arena inside the Countdown Coliseum at the famous Fort Worth Stockyards. Visit NFRExperience.com for details. Hello everyone, this is Benji Bendeley, Wrangler National Finals Rodeo Music Director, and this is NFR Extra. There ain't no We are hanging out with Cody Johnson. So I'm sure you've been asked this a lot, but uh, obviously 2020 has been crazy. Where were you when you got the Rona news and what have you been doing since? Uh, We were, I had just, I had taken my wife, we flew up to Jackson Hole, Wyoming for her birthday this year. And uh, we took a little week-long vacation in the snow and, you know, wine and nice dinners and hot tub and just kind of turn off the world because my year was fixing to get completely crazy. Uh, We were fixing to play two of the highest-paying shows of the year. And uh, we got back in town, and Houston was canceled uh, the day before. And so I was pretty pretty irritated and pissed off about that. Um, The next day was even more frustrating and irritating because we'd been on the phone with – the mayor and county commissioners and all kinds of high up people that supposedly had some type of in the know about whether or not we were going to be able to play this show in Corpus Christi. Um, and realistically what happened was we got there, all the band sound check. I'd already had time to eat my lunch. I was working out. I just got through working out outside. It was a beautiful day. We had about 5,000 people standing in line. We had 12,500 tickets sold that night. Uh, we had set a record for the fastest ticket sell there so i was pretty excited and i thought well we'll get to play this one and i'm in one hour before they opened the doors someone told 
someone in Corpus Christi, uh, if that Cody Johnson has that concert down there and somebody gets COVID, the blood's going to be on your hands. And so oh. everybody, uh, there wasn't even a confirmed case of coronavirus in Corpus Christi at the time. So again, uh, I was really pissed off. I went home and had a really, uh, I had a pretty rough outlook. I was, I was, there's no other way to describe it besides just I had a really bad attitude. And uh, I worked out, you know, one of those, uh, I've got one of those sleds that I pull where you put the weights on the sled, you know, and uh, I've got a quarter mile long driveway and I'd take that thing back and forth with a couple hundred pounds. I was so pissed and I was really starting to get my mind. My mindset was look at all this money we lost. We just lost all this money. We lost all this money. And then after about a week of really trying to get my head clear, I thought, no, Cody, you didn't lose anything. You didn't lose a dime. It just, God chose not to give you the opportunity to make it this year. And you've been kicking them right where, you know, it hurts for however many years now, just lick after lick. It's like, slow your roll a little bit, Cody. It's not the end of the world. And, you know, it wasn't my money to make in the first place. God blesses us with whatever success we have in our lives. So uh, I changed my perspective and was like, thanks for the, thanks for the time off. You know what? Yeah. I've been saying this whole time, God, like, man, I could sure use some time off. And I, I knew you were listening. So I just kind of changed my perspective and tried to get uh, more positive. And it's it, it really in that, in, in that context, it's been a pretty awesome year. <laughs> yeah. Bet you the girls don't, don't miss you being on the road as much. No, man. And now like, it's funny, we're, we're starting to come back to work slowly, but surely. And, you know, we'll get like, three gigs a month and they pay like triple what they would normally pay. And I told my manager, I was like, I'm perfectly fine with being a full-time rancher and a part-time artist. If you, that, isn't that the goal? We want to play three shows a month for yeah. big money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, That's awesome, man. So here's the, I, cause you're an artist and you think about the way an artist, um, you know, you're, you're like a meteor in the, in space, right? You're just bouncing off things and things you interact with them because of this process what's resonating with you artistic wise and what you starting to kind of your, your music writing and what, what's this, what's the reflection that's going to happen from COVID from what you learned being at home, the way you do. I mean, is there anything going to not necessarily change Cody, but add to what you're already doing? No, this whole, this whole situation has uh, been very bad for a lot of people who live in dense, densely populated urban areas. And it's been bad for, you know, I've known, I can name you four people that are over the age of uh, 70 that I've known personally that have passed away because of it. And it's very unfortunate. However, uh, I can't wait to get past all of this, this whole year, because I feel like it's been so blown out of proportion. The fear has been blown out of proportion. Uh, when you turn on TV, it's be fearful, fear, 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 fear. The world is ending fear, fear, fear. And, I just don't have, I just, I, I just don't have, a, there's, we were not given enough time on this earth. I don't feel like I was for me to spend, waste my energy being scared of something. Um, so I've just been really trying to focus on getting the hell out of 2020 yes. and just getting it over with. You know, I feel like this is a rough time for our country, but this too shall pass. Um, and once it's gone, I never, ever want to refer to it or talk about it again. <laughs> so I, I think that really I've tried to focus on it. Like in a perfect world, if I could have taken a year off, like, Hey man, I'm getting tired. I've been touring hard for over 10 years. The last five years have been extremely hard pressed. And it's taken a toll on my physical health. It's taken a toll on my mental health. I need a year off. Well, let's just pretend that's what happened. And that's kind of where I've been. So, uh, I guess more to answer your question, um, in the studio, I was not worried about having to get back in time to play a show. 
Um, I wasn't worried about having to extend my studio time because I mean, what if we want to, we can, we have nowhere to go. We have nowhere to be. Uh, my band was fresh. I was fresh. Uh, 12 hour days in the studio didn't feel as bad because, Hey man, we're getting to go to work. And yeah. uh, I had the freedom. And because of the years of, of busting my butt and everybody around me busting their butt alongside me, we had financial freedom to where, and if we want to spend the extra budget, spend it. If the song needs to be slow and really sad, let the song be slow and sad. If we want to speed this one song up and make it the fastest barn burning, I guess, I guess what COVID gave me was freedom because I didn't have to be anywhere. didn't have to do anything. And so this record, I really feel like whenever you scan through the there's 18 songs coming out mm-hmm. of this new record, which is usually a double record, but, uh, I just tell them that's that's y'all's fault for giving me all this time off. <laughs> awesome. We couldn't that's get it. All right, man. Yeah, that's uh I'm sure your fans are not complaining at all. <laughs> that's yeah. awesome. Let's get the heck out of this year and get on to, you know, uh past COVID. So when we think about a couple of things that we're looking forward to, obviously NFR in Texas, totally looking forward to it. But then we're really looking forward to twenty twenty one, getting back to Vegas. What and you you're synonymous with rodeo, Vegas, playing up and down the strip. What does NFR in Las Vegas mean to Cody Johnson? Just got a different feel. I mean, obviously this year with it being in Texas, it's going to be pretty cool because it's a part of history. That's something that's, you know, hasn't happened and may not happen for a very long time. Um, you know, I, it, it's just, there's something about being in Vegas, you know I mean? There's, People don't write songs about going to Fort Worth at the end of the year. They write songs about going to Vegas and seeing the lights. And, uh, you know, I've put a lot of time in there with the South Point Hotel and Casino with Ryan Growney there that has opened the doors and Michael Guan for me, uh, able to play at that buckle ceremony for years and years and years. And that's kind of, you know, I feel like that's one of the things that we've really resonated with the professional rodeo cowboys that come through there on those buckle ceremonies that have seen us busting our butts for, you know, six, seven years playing that thing. Um, you know, we keep a lot of the same schedules, a lot of the same driving up and down the roads. And, uh, you know, but I, I, I'm looking forward to being in Texas. It's going to be fun. But then next year I'm look, looking forward to going back to Vegas because if it goes back to Vegas, that means we are going back to. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> normal. Yeah, but the crazy part for you, man, is we've been watching you go from South Point showroom, right, Hard Rock, and now, I mean, like eventually you're, uh, you know, Allegiant Stadium, uh, I'm just making things up here. We always play in the big arena. We always, every time we go into a place, like it's funny you said that. When we played the Hard Rock last time, I always look, I'll be like, you see that out there? That's where we're playing. You know, when we've played arenas next to football stadiums, I always tell my guys, that's where I'm going to be tonight. That's where I'm at in my head. So just know that. We played the Gramercy in New York City. And uh, I got, it was at the Gramercy, or no, it was Irving, Pla- Irving Plaza and then Gramercy. And both times I was like, I'm in the garden tonight. I don't know where y'all are at, but that's yes. where my head's been. That's where I'm going. Man, it's awesome. And, you know, I, I remember because I've been with the Las Vegas events, I think, for eight years now doing the Junior World Finals. And it was when we were in the North Hall of the Cowboy Christmas and you were playing on the small stage. Just I think you and maybe one other guy, just guitars. And uh, uh, when you give a cowboy a kiss, you played that one. And that was, I think, a newer song at the time. And it was like Cody Johnson just walking around. And now you try to do that, son. You ain't going nowhere. You're getting <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that times have changed. Yeah. So that's cool, man. That's awesome. It'd be good to get back to normal. Yeah. Normal. Right. hundred percent. Uh, Cody, this was fantastic, man. I, we want to absolutely thank you for coming on the show. This was, uh, 
good talking to you, man. And it feels normal sitting here talking to you, which is good. Um, <laughs> hey, seriously, appreciate it, guys. Thank you very much. Thank you, Thank sir. You, Cody. We wanted to thank Cody Johnson for hanging out with us on NFR Extra. Want to experience more of the NFR? Then visit nfrexperience.com. And we invite you to subscribe to NFR Extra on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, or wherever you're listening right now. If you like what you've been hearing on NFR Extra, we would love it if you gave us a five-star rating and tell your friends how to subscribe. NFR Extra. All dirt. All rodeo. All year. Gotta make it out to Vegas Where the big boys roam With the rovers and the racers And the bulls and the browns And the ladies in the skin-tight ringers And the cowboy 